This is a podcast from the Business Times. Starting the week, Singapore shares opened weaker following worries over inflation and the Israel-Hamas conflict. The Straits Times Index fell 0.5% and closed down 0.69% to 3,164 points. On Tuesday, Singapore shares rose following news that the country's key exports slump eased to 13.2% in September. The STI climbed 0.7% and closed up 0.25% to 3,172 points. At the midweek, Singapore shares dipped after global markets ended muted the day before. Oil prices rallied on worries of a broader Middle East war. The STI fell 0.3% and closed down 1.11% to 3,137 points. And on Thursday, Singapore shares slipped following overnight losses on Wall Street and Europe. The STI fell 0.8% and closed down 1.18% to 3,100 points. It's Friday, October 20th. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. I'm Janice Tan. Singapore shares pulled back at the open, with the STI falling 0.3% to 3,089 points. Here's Amelia Tan, market analyst at SGX Securities, with her overview of the trading week. In the week to date until Thursday evening, STI dipped 2.7%. Similar declines were seen across most key markets as the surge in US Treasury yields, oil prices and geopolitical tension in the Middle East remained in focus for most of the week. Within the STI, Yang Zijiang Shipbuilding led the STI lower over the first four sessions of the week with a 12% decline in price. This coincided with Asia-Pacific shipbuilders experiencing their weakest week in nine weeks, with declines in the vicinity of 5%. Prior to this week, Yang Zijiang Shipbuilding had outpaced Asia-Pacific shipbuilders in the year to date. However, the decline this week to $1.44 has eroded that outperformance, with Yang Zijiang Shipbuilding's 10% year-to-date total returns now on par with its Asia-Pacific peers. In other asset classes, the gold ETF has continued with the recent upward momentum, trading late Thursday at over US$180 per unit, from the range of US$168 to US$174 per unit two weeks ago. The month-to-date trading turnover in the traditional safe haven ETF has almost doubled from September levels. This positions the ETF back to July price levels and off its 190 per unit highs seen in April and May. The SPDR Gold ETF is traded in both US and Sing dollars with an annual total management fee of 0.4%. For the 2023 year-to-date, the ETF has gained 9% in Sing dollar terms and is up 28% since the end of 2019. Brent crude oil also spent most of the week above US$90 per barrel, with the PTTEP Singapore Depository Receipt also edging higher this week from $6.40 last week to $6.52 late Thursday. The PTTEP SDR is the top-traded SDR counter, trading over 400000 daily in October so far. Bid-ask spreads for the PTTEP-SDR counter have also narrowed significantly by 25% this month. PTTEP will be reporting its quarterly results on October 25th. Looking back in the Singapore market, top three outperformers for the week for companies with a market cap of at least 500 million Sing dollars were Aztec Global, Top Glove, and Cromwell European REIT. On the other hand, top three decliners for the week were Capital DC REIT, Food Empire, and NIO. Yong Huiting joins us with her wrap of this week's highlights. Asian markets finished largely in the red as at Thursday's close. 
This comes as new developments on the war in Gaza continued to emerge over the week, adding on to the gloom overhanging financial markets as two-year Treasury yields recently reached a new 16-year high. Shares in Singapore, South Korea, Australia, China and Hong Kong closed lower on Thursday, mirroring the downward trend on Wall Street. The S&P 500 finished 1.3% lower at 4,314.6 points. The Nasdaq Composite dropped 1.6% to 13,314.3, while the Dow Jones Industrial Average slipped 1% to 33,665.08. In China, country garden bondholders are now forming groups and seeking urgent talks with the troubled property developer after it missed a 15 million coupon repayment, signaling towards a potential default. Analysts believe that these could have been a reason for the dampened market sentiment in Chinese markets, despite better-than-expected GDP data. Meanwhile, investors continued to flock towards safe-haven commodity investments like gold. Gold exchange-traded funds listed on the Singapore exchange saw a week-long rally, as equities and fixed-income instruments continue on the bout of volatility. Over the five trading days ended Thursday, the Straits Times Index closed, down by 1.2%. Large-cap stock Jardine Matheson saw heavy selling over the week, as it shed over 6% to $40.90 on Thursday. Citroen remained at the top of the list for the most heavily traded stock as it fell nearly 8% to 12 Singapore cents. The trail of local lenders also finished the week similarly down. SPI Asset Management Managing Partner Stephen Innes noted that sentiment appeared to be bad everywhere on investors' concern over rising interest rates and escalating tensions in the Middle East. Chinese investors were observed to have offloaded the most U.S. bonds and stocks in four years in August. The forthcoming supply of treasuries may just overwhelm demand from foreign investors, whom the U.S. relies upon. In Singapore, demand for the latest 12-month T-bills was up. Cut-off yields for the latest tranche was 3.7%, slightly lower than July's issue, which saw dampened demand. IG market strategist Yap Jun Rong said he foresees demand for the T-bills to remain for some time, given that interest rates offered are still high. Still to come, economic data and highlighted stocks of the week. Discover the Business Times podcasts, Money Hacks, Property BT, Mark to Market, Wealth BT and Market Focus. Your authoritative guide to make the right decisions for your money and investments. Go to bt.sg slash podcasts to download or listen wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to Market Focus from the Business Times. Amelia, could you highlight the most notable news for the week, please? Sure. Singapore's non-oil domestic exports fell 13.2% year-on-year in September, registering the narrowest contraction since April. This marks a 12th straight monthly decline for Nordics as both electronics and non-electronics fell. However, despite the decline, September's performance was still better than the 15% contraction that private sector economists polled by Bloomberg were expecting. Nordics to Singapore's top 10 markets declined as a whole, but there was a rebound in exports to the US, Hong Kong and China. Given the regional trade forecasts for 2024, economists will be looking for a contraction of less than 8.2% year-on-year in the coming few months. Analysts expect Nordics to recover gradually towards a year-end and early next year given green shoots of recovery in the electronic cycle, but geopolitical tensions continue to raise risks. Over in tourist arrivals, Singapore's international visitor arrivals slipped for the second straight month to 1.13 million in September, as seasonal travel demand continued to drag on growth. 
Despite the month-on-month dip, visitor arrivals are still about 45% higher year-on-year. In September, Indonesia overtook China as a top source of visitors to Singapore. Some analysts noted that the fall in Chinese visitors was also in line with pre-pandemic seasonal trends and the recent slowdown in China's economy. Also, according to the International Monetary Fund, economic activity in the Asia-Pacific region remains on track to contribute to about two-thirds of global growth in 2023, despite a challenging environment shaped by a global demand rotation from goods to services and synchronized monetary tightening. The IMF maintains its 2023 growth forecast for Asia-Pacific at 4.6%, higher than the 3.9% last year. The 4.6% expansion for 2023 makes Asia-Pacific a relatively bright spot compared to the global growth forecast of 3% for 2023. Notably, growth in ASEAN economies is forecast to be 4.2% in 2023 and 4.6% in 2024. Finally, taking a look at two upcoming IPOs in the Singapore market, medical skincare provider Nix Professional is seeking to raise $5 million through a catalyst listing. Founded in 1998 by a husband and wife team, Nix Professional has three clinics across Singapore offering services such as light and laser procedures, injectables and mole removals. The company also has three retail outlets that sell Nix skincare products and provide facial services and also has business operations in China. Nix Professional intends to tap the capital raised through the listing to add clinics and shops as well as expand its China presence. Human resources provider in the renewable energy industry, Sheffield Green, is seeking to raise over $6 million through a catalyst listing. Sheffield Green is a renewable energy spin-off of Sheffield Energy, a recruitment company for the oil and gas sector. In an interview with the Business Times, Sheffield Green said the company saw an opportunity to diversify its business when the oil and gas sector was going through a downturn in 2015 and many professionals from the sector were being retrenched. The company plans to open an office in Poland to manage offshore wind projects in the Baltic region and an office in Boston in the US. Most of its business is from offshore wind projects in Taiwan. Amelia, Huiting and I are each going to pick some stocks. You give us the latest info you have for them, okay? I'm ready. Let's go. What's new at Singapore Airlines? Singapore Airlines Group reported a 24.8% year-on-year increase in passenger traffic in September as demand for air travel remained robust. The group indicated that its revenue passenger tool KM, which measures the number of passengers carried multiplied by the distance flown, rose to $11.6 billion in September, up from $9.3 billion a year earlier. Growth in passenger traffic outpaced capacity expansion, which rose 23.7%. The group's cargo operations also grew over the month, as cargo loads rose 6.1% on-year, which was higher than capacity expansion of 4.6%. SIA had also earlier in the week announced that it is offering some 370,000 discounted air tickets as part of its upcoming Time to Fly travel fair. Hmm, what about Parkway Life REIT? Parkway Life REIT announced the acquisition of two nursing homes in Osaka for a total purchase price of 1.8 billion yen. Parkway Life REIT is buying the properties from KKFDS, a Japanese real estate developer, and will bring the REIT's portfolio in Japan to 59 properties, valued at over $710 million. The acquisition is being made at about 11.9% below valuation, with the transaction expected to be completed by the fourth quarter of this year. Waiting, do you have one for us? Yes, I do. Capo REIT. 
Capital REIT posted a 5% increase in property income to $172.6 million for its first nine months ended September 30th. The improved performance was supported by higher rentals and increased portfolio occupancy. However, distributable income from operations fell 10.1% due to higher borrowing costs, higher property tax and utility costs. Capital REIT said that its weighted average signing rent for its office leases rose to $12.43 at the end of September. Capital REIT said no major refinancing is required for the rest of this year and the majority of debt due next year will mature in the second quarter of 2024. Hey, Huiting, another one from you. Since Capital DC REIT also released its earnings this week, tell us more. Capital DC REIT reported a 3.6% decline in distribution per unit for the third quarter on the back of higher finance costs and less favourable foreign exchange hedges. Distributable income was also down 6.5%. Gross revenue and net property income for the third quarter climbed slightly. Portfolio occupancy dipped to 98.3%, down from 98.5% three months earlier. And the REIT also updated that it secured new and renewal contracts in Singapore, Australia, Ireland and the Netherlands with overall positive rental reversions. Okay, let's do one more. Sabana REIT. Sabana REIT reported that it achieved total portfolio occupancy of 91.8% for the third quarter ended September 30th, down 2.1 percentage points on quarter, but higher on year. The REIT reported a positive rental reversion of 16.8%, continuing its track record of positive quarterly reversions since the first quarter of FY 2021. This has been the final episode this year for Market Focus from the Business Times. This first season of Market Focus was presented by BT Podcasts in collaboration with SGX Securities and journalists from the Business Times News Desk. Look out for a new and refreshed Market Focus in 2024. I'm Janice Tan. This is a podcast by the Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.